I'm Roxanne Cody, and welcome to a special episode of Just the Right Book. You know, on all our shows, the question I love to ask is, what's the book that changed your life? And I'm unceasingly fascinated by the answers because they become very personal about when somebody became attached to reading or understood what a book could do for them. The stories are often poignant, personal, funny, and inevitably they become a list of books that you're dying to read. Um, I, I can't tell you how many notes I've made over the years saying, oh, I want to read that. I want to read that. Um, not as if I need more books sitting around on uh, the floor and bookcases everywhere talking to me about saying, read me, read me. So we've taking a look at the answers we've gotten in the 40 episodes uh, that we've done and put together a bunch that, I don't know, I think will be fun for you to listen to. So let's get started. Our very first clip is going to be from Lovey Ajayi. She was on our first episode, and she is the author of the book, I Am Judging You, which is just Great fun and very sassy. Here's what Lovey said was the book that changed her life. Okay. The book that changed my life, I would say The Broke Diary. Or a couple of books. There's a, I love reading because I mm-hmm. feel like if you're a writer, you have to consume a lot of reading. You have to, like, read a lot. So right. I do that. But one of my favorite books ever is uh, The Broke Diaries by Angela Nizzle. And it was the first book that ever made me laugh out loud in public. Angela Nizzle had a, she was in college and she actually had a blog and she used to write about how broke she was. Like, for example, I remember (laughs) one line that had me really laughing and it was a line where she was saying she opened up her cupboard and found a grit, not grits, but a grit. (laughs) And I was like, oh my God, that's hysterical. And reading her book really kind of showed me, even without me understanding that it was showing me that women could write humor Mm. and actually published, be published in this. And for me, I kept in the back of my head that I was like, okay, eventually I could actually probably do this because this, this book shows me that I could do this. So I've always kept that book as in my forefront. I actually ended up meeting Angela and designing her website, and she ended up being one of the writers on one of my favorite shows ever, Scrubs. And it's one of those full circle moments. She ended up blurbing my book and writing a quote about how much she loved my book. Mm, nice full circle, huh? Complete circle. It was so good. And and we finally met in person this year. And it was like I've known her forever. Next up, we've got our little TV writer segment. And we've got Maria Semple, who probably you know was a writer for Arrested Development and Mad About You and and wrote Where Are You, Bernadette? And her new book called Today Will Be Different, both must-reads. And our other TV writer is Sarah Dunn, who wrote uh, The Arrangement and is the executive producer of This American Life. Let's see if TV writers have a different slant on the book that changed their life. What's the book that changed your life, Maria? Well, I'd say there's a different ages there's change the life, you know, books. I think I had a very strong, weird uh, response to Harriet the Spy when I was a child. I think I felt uh, a real identification with the character of Harriet the Spy who would just take (laughs) notes and watch people. And she was kind of a loner and confused in the adult world, but would withdraw into being a spy. And I think that I still feel that way a bit, you know, and I think that that 
almost perfectly sums up what writers are. And I think that it's a story of, of a writer, you know, is, uh, is Harriet the Spy. So when I was young, I really liked that without really understanding why I liked it so much. But that was definitely one of my favorite books. Um, I love the corrections as I got older. Mm. That book totally blew my mind because I'd been an English major and I was reading all these classics up until then. And, and even after I was English major and graduated from college, all I was reading was classics. I just was almost kind of uneducated in modern literature. You know, I hadn't read Philip Roth or Updike or Alice Walker. You know, I was just still trying to get through my Tolstoy and the Bronte sisters and you know I was I was still doing that. When I read the corrections I thought wow this is a classic that someone essentially my age has just written and it really kind of blew the walls out for me. So we're joined by Sarah Dunn, uh, the author of the new absolutely wonderful novel called The Arrangement. Sarah let me ask you this uh, last question that I love to ask, because I do believe books change uh, lives. What's the book that changed your life? Wow. Um, You know, I'm going to give a a self-help book. This is, you know, not trendy, but I will, uh, but this is actually probably the truth. It's The Artist Way by Mm. Julia Cameron. Yeah. I started reading it when I was a comedy writer in my late 20s, and it's what gave me the courage to write fiction, and uh, I, I, you know, I still generally write my morning pages. Anybody who knows Julia work knows what those are. And so that that is the book that really probably changed my life the most. Um, hmm. Yeah. You I make was, me want to pick it up. You know, I've never read it. We've sold it. Yeah. I certainly know it, but I've never read it. Even as a young person, I was like resistant to it. I was like, I don't believe in this. I don't believe in this kind of stuff. But um, I had a lot of blocks about writing um, and Somehow that helped me get past them. Two of our guests that are recurring guests and two of my favorite readers, two great friends. One is Matthew Dix, who's, well, he's really a renaissance man. He's a teacher. He's a writer. He's won all these storytelling awards. Um, He does The Moth. He's got his own podcast. And he's a dad. And he's married. So he is a renaissance man. I don't know if he cooks, but he probably does. And the other uh, friend and regular guest of the show is Michael Kindness, who is a rep for Penguin Random House, which is the largest publisher in the world, one of the best readers uh, that I know, and one of the best reps I know. So these are really inside guys. So they see all the books published. They know probably more than most readers. And so they get to pick from an awful lot of books and pick the one that changed their life. Not only will you hear about what uh, Michael and Matthew pick as the book that changed their life, but you'll hear about mm, one of the books that changed my life. Matthew, you know I like to ask this question, so why don't we close with what's the book that changed your life? (laughs) This is going to be an odd answer. It's the book that... uh hooked me on reading, I think, is the book that changed my life. I didn't grow up with books in the house. We didn't have any children's books. There were some psychological journals that my evil stepfather had on a bottom shelf. 
And that was about it. So when I got to kindergarten, I couldn't read. And I was the only kindergartner who couldn't read. I was keenly aware of it. Mm. And because of it, I didn't like books. I, I learned to read quick enough, but I just viewed them as a thing that made me look stupid for a long time. And then in fourth grade, my friend brought Helter Skelter to school. And back then, if we were reading a book that we didn't think teachers deemed appropriate, we'd tear the cover off. So it was a mass market paperback that he had. We'd tear the cover off and we'd tear the book into four pieces. So my friend would read the first hundred pages and then pass that section to me and he would kick in on the second hundred. So eventually the book would be getting passed around amongst our friends so that we could all sort of be reading it at the same time. I guess it was an early form of a book club. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah. And it was the first book that I read that hooked me into reading because I just couldn't wait to get to the next page in that book. Up until that point, I mean, Frog and Toad is scintillating, but you can put Frog and Toad down at any point and not worry about but what Helter happens. But Skelter in fourth grade. Yeah, I know. And yeah, I think, and part of it, I think, was that, too, that I was a boy and I knew I was reading something that I shouldn't you be shouldn't reading. You shouldn't be. And that was great for me. That's, like, good for any boy to know he's, like, doing something wrong. Illicit. Yeah, and the fact that I could go at recess time under the big tree by the rock and talk to my friends about what was happening in the book. It was the first time I wanted to get together with people. And talk about a book. Exactly, yeah. So by fourth grade, you were reading. Oh, yeah. I picked up really quickly on reading. I mean, it came to me soon enough. My sister remembers that I would come home and the word the was the word that stuck me for two weeks. And I would come home and say to he, to he. And she was three at the time and she learned how to read the before I could learn. And she said that mom used to yell at me because I couldn't read the word the. She's so frustrated with me. But it came quick enough that by fourth grade, I was able to read Helter Skelter and talk about it with my friends. One of the questions we ask everybody is, what's the book that changed your life, Michael? That's, there have been so many books. (laughs) Um, I think I would probably go back to, I think it was 1991 or 1992, uh, The Secret History by by Donna Tartt. Because up until that point, I was reading, I don't want to say like trashy books, but I was reading things like, you know, as a kid, I read The Hardy Boys. And then I moved into reading like uh, novelizations of Doctor Who episodes or Star Trek novels. And I just, I sort of stayed in that um, pop culture area. And I really think that The Secret History was one of the first literary mm-hmm. novels that I read right. that showed me what a book could be. And it, it's it's a book I haven't reread since then. I've thought about it, but I still remember almost probably almost word for word the first line, which is something like, uh, the snow was melting in the mountains and Bunny had been dead for several weeks before we came to realize the the gravity of our situation. Something like that. And that first line, yeah. it's like the first line of 1984. It will stay with me forever. And I really think that that was the first book that showed me what literary fiction could be. You know, it's interesting because when I think about the book that changed my life, mm-hmm. which obviously I may ask a lot because I ask it all the time. And I always say, oh, it's a whole list of books. And I do have a list of books. <laughs> you cheat. <laughs> but the thing that did that for me in sort of the same way that you're talking about was Exodus by mm-hmm. Leon yeah, Uris. Yes. And that was published in 1959 or, or 60. And I was 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And it was the first book I was allowed to take out on the adult side of the library. Mm-hmm. And the library was right outside my school, you know, the the public library. And what I say that book did is a little bit of what you're saying is it – oh, I had been a voracious reader, but it opened up 
my eyes to the complexity of what a book could be. So the Exodus had history, it had love, it had war, it had complications in relationships. And I thought, wow, I didn't realize a book could do all those things. Yeah. And so, you know, I wouldn't call Exodus a literary book like um, uh, Secret History was by Donna Tartt, but it it is that moving over to even understanding the wider world right. that books could bring you. Next up, we've got a couple of biographers. Uh, one is Deirdre Bear, who wrote a biography of Al Capone that I was utterly fascinated by. And the other is from Tom Doyle, who's a music critic in England, and he wrote a book called Captain Fantastic, Elton John's Stellar Trip Through uh, the 70s. You might you might actually want to go back and listen to those episodes if you hadn't. But in the meantime, here are a couple of really gifted biographers talking about the book that changed their life. I'm going to have to say Joyce's Ulysses. Because so you read it. I teach <laughs> it. I teach it. Oh, you teach it. I study it. I read it at least once a year. Uh, I really, really love that book. And uh, I read it when I, I read it the first time when I was 15 years old, if you can imagine. Didn't understand a word. Uh, and have been reading it ever since. And uh, I just admire uh, so much about that book. And, um, um, yeah. How does it change your life? How did it it change it at 15 or has it changed it in different ways each time you read it? uh, I suppose each time I read it because I find something new in it all the time. I find something new in the human relationships or I find something new in the descriptions of place. Mm. Uh, I always knew I wanted to be a writer. I think I was four years old and I used to make the family newspaper, which was nothing but scribbles. And so uh, reading a book like that was always something that I felt that um, I wanted to try to emulate. Tom, before we close the interview, um, let me ask you a question uh, that I like to ask all our authors. What's the book that changed your life? What's the book that changed my life? Wow. Can I have a little bit of time? Sure. I mean, logically, I should ask you the music, but I'm not going to change the question. <laughs> no. I mean, when I was growing up, there were a lot of books, actually. I, yeah. I would say uh, teenage years are always a very interesting time to be uh, reading. Exactly. uh, There was one book by a Scottish author who has now passed on, but he was my absolute hero during the 1980s, and his name was Ian Banks. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ian Banks, I I did actually have, I mean, obviously, you know, your listeners can probably tell I'm from Scotland. (laughs) Right. We uh, figured that out, Tom. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I used to look for him, actually, on the train when I was traveling up and down. I thought, I'm bound to bump into him one day, actually. Uh, and then eventually I managed to interview him, and he was great. You know, it's the same Never Meet Your Heroes, but sometimes it's, it's a it great works. thing. So the book that he'd written, which I think was in 1985, which is his debut novel called The Wasp Factory, which has never been made into a film. Some people say it's unfilmable because of the twists in it and stuff. But, I mean... It's one of those things that I would hope posthumously someone else, you know, has a look at that book and thinks, you know, this this could be a classic sort of noir horror thing, which is, you know, set in Scotland. And uh, that book changed my life because it actually made me think that, 
you know, fiction could be many things because what happened was after he'd written that, he he wrote a stream of books that were all very different from each other. Right. And I, I think in this time of sort of genre fiction, when people are playing it safe and kind of sticking to one thing, I still admire. It was almost like a you know a series of sort of Pink Floyd albums or something. It was there was something you know that that sort of bound them together, but uh, you know they, they were so very much different. So I would say that actually the, that that series of books, maybe about the first four or five Ian Banks books, yep, they changed my life. Another segment that we do regularly on the on the show is what's on the front table, and I invite some of the best booksellers from some of the best bookstores in the country on to talk about what's on the front table. Those are fun segments because, again, these are people seeing you know, every book uh, that's out there and deciding whether to bring them in or not. They hear from customers. So they bring a pretty wide range of a view. So two of the booksellers that we had on for What's on the Front Table are Carson Moss, who's from The Strand in New York City, and Miriam Sants from Powell's out in Portland, Oregon. If you haven't ever been to Powell's, um, you might want to book a flight. Uh, to Portland, Oregon, because for any reader, that's a mecca to go to. So let's see what two pretty renowned booksellers from two pretty renowned bookstores say is the book that changed their life. The question I like to ask booksellers who come on to talk about what's on their front table is, what's the book that changed your life? That's that's a great question. I um, I would I would have to say uh, Dream Tigers mm-hmm. by Jorge Luis Borges. Um, and tell us it why was, it was. You know, it was. It's actually funnily enough, it was the f- first used book I ever bought uh, mm. on my own. I, I think I bought it probably when I was thirteen or fourteen. And you know what it was? I think it really broke open my sense of of what's possible with the written word. And I mm. know that sounds very highfalutin, but you know the the book is really a, a series of, of modern parables uh, that are a paragraph or only a page long at most. Um, it's actually half prose and half poetry. Right. Um, but the you know there what he did with language in that book felt so important and it was beautiful and it was engaging at the same time it just it felt so innovative to me and and i think i didn't realize you know that there there is no limit on what an author can do um if they want to and and there's nothing wrong with a great pot boiler that's a, that's a mystery as well but uh but this really opened my eyes, uh, you know, at a very, you know, uh, yeah, that's pretty age. young to pick him up. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure that I, I, I know I didn't understand most of it, and I probably still don't understand half of it. But, yeah, uh, it's he, he's a wonderful writer. Um, he is. I, I, he's one of my favorite writers. Yeah, me too. So, Miriam, I don't know that I've ever asked you this question, even though we've probably had thousands, if not tens of thousands of hours of conversations over the last almost 30 years. But what is the book that changed your life? Well, I was one of those 10-year-olds who read a book that changed her life, and it was the Landmark series, and it was the uh, biography of Marie Curie. So I was 10 years old, and this would make it about 1961, and I was looking around at my life and trying to think about what I wanted to be when I 
I grew up. And there was the landmark biography series, and I was reading about George Washington or Kit Carson or, um, I'm trying to think of somebody else, uh, George Washington Carver, actually. And then I came across, and not finding very much of interest for me in, in those biographies, and I came across this biography of Marie Curie, and I downed it in like one sitting. And mm. um, the thing that struck me about the book, because uh, Marie Curie was born in Poland, and um, at about the age of 18, she is accepted at the Sorbonne, and she gets on a train, and she heads to Paris to um, start her life as a university student, and she doesn't know French, and she's never been on a train before, Uh, she's never had a suitcase before, and this girl had the courage to get on that train and head for Paris. And I have absolutely not a bone in my body that is scientific or interested in science. And I certainly um, didn't um, want to go to the Sorbonne particularly. But to me, the courage of that girl to get on that Mm. train and go to Paris was something that I used as a mantra throughout my life. I would say, I'm looking for the train, I'm looking for my Paris. And it helped me make many difficult decisions in my life and it was a beacon to me that somebody did that and that that was a path that I could follow as well and it would be an extremely different train ride, an extremely different destination, but that that power was within my capability was Mm. transformative. We've also had some other podcasters on the show. For instance, Clay Smith from Fully Booked and Rebecca Shinsky from Book Riot. And not only are they both gifted podcasters, I don't know if that's a word, but we'll say it is, they had a couple of surprising answers, I thought, about the books that changed their life. Clay, what's the book that changed your life? Well, I'm worried that this one could seem sort of predictable, but um, given what I do, I I wasn't actually um, a voracious reader as a kid. It was really in high school that that shifted for me, and I became one, and One of the reasons is because of A Hundred Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez, Mm -hmm. which, of course, is the book that sort of put magical realism um, from Latin America on the map. And it was assigned for school, but I just read it so quickly, and it was the first time that I understood, I think, that assignments could actually be really fun. Mm. Um, because he he has these things happen to these characters that are totally fantastical, but you're persuaded very effectively to believe that they're actually happening. And that was the first time that I really saw what fiction could do. You know, it's interesting, Clay, that you bring that up, because it's not that predictable. I asked, mm. I have a book that I had put together years ago, asking lots of well-known authors for the book that changed their life. I ask it of, you know, the thousands of authors that have been to R.J. Joy, I ask it on the podcast, no mm-hmm. one's ever come up with that answer. And I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of my like top 25 books, and I think you're pointing out something that we don't realize, we forget how early it was that mm-hmm. Latin American writers did not have the standing that they do now, and magic realism was sort of relegated to maybe it was science fiction, but not literary fiction. Yeah. We're talking with uh, Rebecca Shinsky, who is the um, executive director of product and e-commerce for Riot New Media Group, and she's been nice enough to join us. So the question I like to ask everybody is, what's the book that changed your life? When Women Were Birds by Terry Tempest Williams. 
Hmm. So the setup, it's a memoir sort of in, it's a memoir poetry-ish kind of experience. That's 54 meditations on voice. Uh, and so the birth of the book comes from uh, when Terry Tempest Williams uh, was a younger woman. Her mother died when she was uh, 54. Uh, when her mother was 54 and she left behind her shelf of journals uh, and left them to Terry. Uh, and she comes from the Mormon tradition in which it's very important uh, and sort of just part of the culture that women keep journals of their lives and they leave them behind for their families. Uh, so Terry inherits her mother's journals and goes to the shelf of them and opens them to begin reading. And they're all blank. Like they, her mother has intentionally bought journals her entire life and kept them and left them blank and then left the blank journals to her daughter to discover. Uh, and wow, I as, have chills with just you saying that. It's, it's incredible. And because Terry is the kind of writer and thinker that she is, she wrestles for a long time with what this must mean that her mother chose not to use her voice in this way. What is she saying by withholding? What was she keeping to herself uh, instead of journaling? What does it mean now that Terry is a writer who uses her voice for her livelihood and for her own survival? Uh, and the book is just gorgeous and powerful. And she is uh, in the context of these 54 meditations, she asks, you know, what, what is our obligation with our voice? If we have one, uh, do we have to use it? And what do we have to use it for? Um, what does it mean when we speak and when we choose not to speak? She wrestles with issues of identity and womanhood, uh, with relationships. And it was just the right book at the right time for me, um, that she gave voice to things that had been sort of simmering on my back burner, but the book gave me words for them. Then we had two gifted writers who always appear on the New York Times bestseller list and were really, really fun uh, to interview. One is Dean Koontz and the other is Michael Conley. Dean Koontz's latest book is called The Silent Corner. Michael Conley's latest book is The Late Show. If you hadn't listened to those episodes, I urge you to go back and listen to them because they're both fantastic. So let's see if being mystery writers shapes their choices. Dean, one last question that uh, we'd like to ask all our authors. What's the book that changed your life? I would say that first there was a, in childhood, there was a book that turned me on to books. And, uh, and it was uh, The Wind in the Willows, which mm. everybody knows. And I, I must have read that book 10 times as a kid. And it got me fascinated with books. And I started reading at a very relatively young age. And, um, and then I think the other book that most, well, there's several that impacted me at different times in life. Uh, when I read, uh, Dickens, uh, A Tale of Two Cities, that had a profound effect on me, uh, uh, because it, it's so much about the dangers of, you know, the, your pent up anger in societies mm. and where it can lead, and it's nowhere good for anybody. The question I always like to ask authors is, what's the book that changed your life? I would have to say it's The Long Goodbye by Raymond Chandler because I was all through, uh, my mother was a voracious reader. We were always going to bookstores and libraries. And she read crime fiction, Yeah, right? and she loved crime fiction. And I became a voracious reader but never thought in terms of 
being a writer, just mm-hmm. I enjoyed reading. And then I went up to college, and maybe I had something to do how I was, I went up to be an engineer, uh, an engineering student, and maybe because I was slunking out, I started thinking, like, what else, <laughs> what else is out there? It's called grasping at straws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I saw they had a dollar movie night, and they had uh, they showed the long goodbye, which is Robert Altman's take of of that novel mm-hmm. um, with Elliot Gould as uh, Philip Marlowe. And I really loved the movie, but had never read those books, and so I went and got the book. And loved the book, and then I went and got his other novels, and stopped going to class and read them. And, and uh, you, about- you, you did graduate, though. Yeah. Yeah, I looked it up. So in two weeks. <laughs> You know, two weeks of immersion or binging, I don't think binging was a word back then, on Chandler's books, that's when I drove home, five-hour home, drove home to tell my parents, I think I want to be a writer, not an engineer. And that's when we, the master plan came together, like going to journalism. Next up, we have two fascinating memoirists. One is Joe Malone, who wrote my story and started you know, started a a trend, a cult about fragrances and candles. She was on the podcast for her memoir, My Story. And then Amy Dickinson, who totally cracked me up, her new book is called Strangers Tend to Tell Me Things. And let's hear about the book that changed their lives. Joe, what's the book that changed your life? Oh, God, I love that. Um, a Hundred Foot Journey. It's about a chef. Um, who he's an Indian and he comes to, he, I think he goes to France and he find, he becomes one of the great chefs and he becomes so in the whirlwind of all the success of it, he forgets who he is and he mm. has to refind himself. And it was a book that I, it was like looking in a mirror and seeing myself and saying, return to that you love, return to what you want to do. So a hundred foot journey. Amy, what's the book that changed your life? <gasps> I love that. Oh. Because as a bookseller, of course, I believe yeah. books change lives. You know, I, I'm, this is a little embarrassing, but it's very on brand. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead go and with say it. it. The Road Not Taken. Oh, you know, I love that too. Oh, I will tell you what, I reread it recently. And honestly, I was like, huh, what was it about this that changed my life? But it was a, a case of a book coming along at a time. Mm. My first husband had just left me very, very suddenly, and I was bereft. And I, I picked up this book, and there was, in the first couple of pages, the, there's this wisdom that goes like this. Things happen. <laughs> you can't change the things that happen. You have to, like, life is about sort of accepting the things that happen and moving through the things that happen. That's how I remember that um, wisdom. And it really was, I can truly say that that book, which sold, you know, tens of millions of copies, I'm sure, was very important to me. I read a lot of self-help books. I mean, it's it's what I, I need to do that for my job. And I think there is definitely wisdom in some of these, in some of these books. Well, books don't just change the lives of big fancy names like we've had on the show. We also have the big fancy people that work here at Collisions. So let's see what they say changed their lives. 
Hi, I'm Jim. I'm the marketing director of Collisions Media and Just the Right Book podcast. The, the book that changed my life was The Summer of 42 by Herman Rauscher. And now it changed my life not so much for what it's about. I mean, it's a lovely uh, coming-of-age story of, of, of some young youth during a summer. Uh, but, but that really has little to do with it. Here, here's why this book changed my life. When I was in college, I, ha- I was an English major. I had an abundance of literature to read. And, you know, everything was focused on the assignments and what you had to do and for not only for, for English but for all classes. Um, and one day I decided, you know what, I just want to read something on my own that I'm not required to read, that I don't have to read, that I'm not going to be tested on. And I went to a local drugstore. I'm sure that's going to uh, make, make Roxanne, who's an independent bookseller, um, a little antsy. But yeah, I went to a drugstore and they had that swirling thing with you know all the paperback books on it. And I picked out the summer of 42 and I went back to my dorm and I just opened opened it, and there I was reading a, a paperback book. I, in the meantime, this is time taken away from the time I should have been studying and really working. Um, but it was the first time that I just made a decision that I just felt like reading a novel with no strings attached, just for pure pleasure and enjoyment. And now I would say X years later, I'm not going to tell you, to give you the dates, but X years later, you know, reading is, is one of the great joys in my life. And I, I, I love scouring bookstores. I, I love, you know, just uh, the discussion discovery of what to read next. And I trace it all back to that little day in college where I just didn't feel like doing my assigned work and felt like going out and buying a book for the pure pleasure of reading. Can I say two books? Okay. Hi, um, this is George. I'm a marketing assistant at CRN, and uh, I do the social media for the Distraction Podcast and Just the Right Book. So if you see us tweeting or posting, hello, it's me. Um... (laughs) Um, the book that changed, well, I have two books, two books that changed my, um, life was one when I was younger, just the entire series of a series of unfortunate events, um, by Lemony Snicket. And the reason for that was because I just remember when I was younger, we would always be assigned these books and they were all like fairy tales and they would all have perfect happy endings and dare I say, painted a less than realistic view of the world. Um, and then I picked up these books and they would always, they would always end so like sadly and they would always be sort of gloomy. Um, and, but they had, they incorporated humor too. Like it was, it was funny throughout a little bit too. And it was a good adventure to be a part of. And I just remember after reading, um, a series of unfortunate events, um, the whole series, I wanted to read so much more because I wanted to dive into, other materials that I can relate to. You know, I wanted to feel like I could connect to a book, and I feel like I connected with a series of unfortunate events. The book that changed my life when I was a little bit older was one that I read about two years ago. It's called It Starts With Food by um, Dallas and Melissa Hartwig. And someone recommended that I read it um, just because I'm into, like, science and I was starting to get back into my health a little bit more and eating well. Um, and this book basically just outlined all everything wrong with <laughs> bad foods and everything great about good food. It just sort of, like, completely changed my view of my own health and of food and how much it impacts my health. And, yeah, I, I, I basically have been a much healthier more self-aware person ever since I read that book, so I'm grateful for it.
Hi, this is Sarah. I am a producer on Just the Right Book's sister podcast, Distraction. And for me, a book that changed my life would have to be uh, Jeffrey Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. And that's probably more because of the teacher that I had in high school. I had an awesome teacher, Mr. Harris, for English, uh, English class my junior year. And he opened up the world of British literature to me. I never really thought I would find it interesting or something that I would even like. And he helped bring those stories to life and make it something that I could actually read and understand and enjoy. My name is Pat, and I uh, am a sound engineer for Just the Right Book. Uh, The book that changed my life uh, was Winnie the Pooh by A.A. Milne. Uh, My mother would read to me every night, doing the voices of all the characters. And I fell in love with books at that time. Uh, Our house was covered with books. My parents loved books. And every book is a doorway to a universe. And I realized that then, and I realize it now. And so I see a bookstore and I see universes. Hi, my name is Kelly. I'm the director of podcast operations here at Collisions. And the book that changed my life was actually a series of books. Um, And the first one was Flowers in the Attic by V.C. Andrews. And up until um, I picked up that book, I had always struggled with reading. And it was something that I needed help with, you know, extra help in school. And I just didn't like reading until I picked up that book. And it just caught my attention and I couldn't put them down. So I continued to read the first one and I went right through the five books of the series to the point where there were times I would say I was sick to stay home from school just so I could read. And now I read all of the time. So I would have to say that those books got me excited about reading and got me believing that I actually could be a reader. My name's Christina, and I'm the producer of Just the Right Book podcast. And the book that changed my life was called New Eurekan Poetry, an anthology of Puerto Rican words and feelings, um, edited by Miguel Algarín and Miguel Piñero. Now, when I was in college, I saw a class that was being offered called New Eurekan Literature. Now, for those of you who may not know, a New Eurekan is a Puerto Rican from New York. And in the late 60s and early 70s, the New Eurekan movement was a kind of a cultural and intellectual movement that involved artists, musicians, writers, poets, who all came together to, you know, celebrate the Puerto Rican experience in and around the New York City area. So how amazing was it that so many miles away from where I grew up in the Bronx in New York City, there was a class being offered that not only brought together Puerto Ricans and people of Hispanic descent, but brought so many people together to learn, you know, about these great poets and, and, and authors from this time. And it just opened my mind up to so many great stories and, and poets, and, and I read many more after this this one book. So uh, I would recommend New Yorkian Poetry, an anthology of Puerto Rican words and feelings, and it's edited by two of the leaders of the New Yorkian literary movement, Miguel Algarín, who kind of coined this term, New Yorkian, um, and Miguel Piñero. Well, I'd like to thank all our past guests who are now sort of quote-unquote reappearing Uh, and we hope that you've gotten some great recommendations you know you've got 
I know we think about the summertime as when you get lots of time to read, but maybe um, having gotten time to read the summer, you realize you need to make more time to read in the fall, and hopefully this has given you some ideas. We want to know, what is the book that changed your life? Reach out to us on social media or write us at info at justtherightbookpodcast.com. And for a complete list of all the books you heard about today, please go to bookpodcast.com. Just the Right Book Podcast is produced by Collisions, the podcast division of CRN International. Our original music was created by Mark Berman. Our producer is Christina Torres, and our sound engineer is Pat Keogh. Thank you all for listening, and have a great Labor Day weekend.